Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. You know, I've said many times, it doesn't do good to talk about all the problems if we don't give solutions. And I don't know how many solutions we've given lately, but today's going to be one of those shows, and uh, well, I hope it is anyway. <laughs> but um, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer first, okay? For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you. Oh, Father, for you and you alone are worthy of our praise and our thanks. We give praise and honor to you, Abba, Father. We thank you for your love and for your grace and for your mercy. And, Father, we thank you for a forgiving heart that you have. You love us so much. You love us too much to leave us where we are. But you take us as we are. It's an amazing love that you share. That you bestow upon us. We thank you for your watch care over us. And Father, we ask for your wisdom. We know, Father God, that we speak of the word liberty. And liberty only comes from you. May we be better stewards of such in our lives and in our families and our communities and in our nation. We are unworthy, but we are grateful for all your blessings upon us. Protect us, Abba Father, and guide us. May we hunger and thirst for your righteousness and your righteousness alone. May we be God's seekers. And may we be sharers of your love to this sick and dying world. Evil hovers. It hovers over us. May we, your people, be on our knees and in prayer and supplication, and then willing to stand for you. It's for such a time as this. Father, I ask that you will bless today's show. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Along with uh, independence comes personal responsibility. We all know that. We don't like the word responsibility. That's actually how we got in some of this mess we're in, was because we did not take personal responsibility. A republic, if you can keep it. What does that republic form of government look like? Keep it, we did not. You ever wonder why? Why we didn't keep it? Well, the uh, dictionary, the rapid dictionary that I brought up on the World Wide Web says, a republic is a state in which supreme power is held by the people and their elected representatives. And a democracy is a system of government by the whole population, for all the eligible members of a state. Remember, we've said before that 
A republic protects individual rights and liberties. A democracy is mob rule. The majority rules, you know, kind of like when you have what king and queen prom elections at school. It's the popular vote. But that's not the way we're supposed to be run here in the nation. A constitutional republic means you actually, we the people, have a contract, which is the Constitution, between we the people and those we have elected, those officials. It's, it's their rule book. That's why they don't like it. They work for us. They are supposed to protect our independence, our liberty. But we messed it up. They, we messed up when we allowed them to be career politicians. Which means they cater to their careers and they disregard those, uh, we the people, who they are supposed to represent and protect. Because of this topsy-turvy turn from our republic, where we are honestly, supposed to be honestly represented, the democracy has grown, and yours and my, we the people's independence, has shrunk. Liberty has been seized. Personal responsibility. We must take some responsibility in this mess. We the people are the ones who allowed the smooth-talking politicians woo us into government programs. Oh, these social programs, they're going to make life so much better, so much easier. You could just not take that burden upon your own shoulders. We're the government, and we're here to help you. This program will make your life better. We'll care for the poor and the sick for you. <laughs> Not. Of course, government care and social programs that assist us come with a very high dollar price. And they come with control. Free health care for all. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Free schooling for all. Free college. Free this. Free that. And with all the talks of general lying and people dying, of generals, we watched the generals yesterday, lying and people dying. Let's talk another direction today. Let's go another direction. Government health care. Lying and people going broke and dying. Beware of the useful idiots. Number eight, I'm sorry, of the number, of the eight steps to complete a socialistic state, number one, unuro numo, number one, is health care. And under it, it says, control the health care and you control the people. We've seen this with this pandemic. Wow, wear a mask. Yes, no, wear two masks. They don't really work, but you're going to wear them anyway because we said so. The CCP and the FDA and whoever else tells you to, you know. The vaccines will be mandated or you will not work. You will not shop. You will have no liberty. Free health care for all unless you're unvaxxed. Ignore the science. Ignore personal liberty. Do as we say, we, the governors, the president, the vice president, the senators, and the representatives, the school board members. We control your health care. Wait. Didn't we, the people, elect all of those? 
Aren't they supposed to be protecting my individual rights, my liberty? Long ago, we were discussing Obamacare and the unaffordable, uncontrollable health care system. It took you back in time, before insurance, before health insurance was popular. You went to the doctor after nothing else worked, and you paid cash. Mostly, it was affordable, unless there was a major medical need due to an illness or uh, an extreme illness or tragedy. And payment plans were worked out. There was major medical insurance if you for personal if you wanted that, you personally purchased it. There was competition in the insurance businesses. Since we've been going back in time in our minds lately, let's go back a little more. My mother was a registered nurse. Lord help us all. <laughs> but she was always home with us kids until I was a freshman in high school when she returned to her nursing. I remember my mother, who cared for us, until she felt the things she was doing weren't working. She would swab our sore throats using her finger and cotton from an aspirin bottle and methylate drenched in it. Yeah, we did a lot of gagging. We did a lot of gargling and hot water, salt water. Drops of peppermint extract on a spoonful of sugar for a tummy ache. And we got weak sweet tea. Baking soda paste when you stepped on a honeybee running her through the clover in the backyard. Alcohol baths if your fever was too stubborn. I hear the music. We're headed into a break. We're going to have a guest today, and we're going to talk about health care, personal responsibility. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. 
Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation, our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing. The only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America, Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bring an America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, csetalkradio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. We have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. Before I bring my guest on, I'm going to finish my little monologue of our, our going back in time with my mother, who was a registered nurse, but I don't think it mattered because I don't think she learned these, these tricks in nursing school. The drops of peppermint if we had a tummy ache on a spoonful of sugar for a tummy ache or the hot wheat tea. The baking soda paste as we stepped on a honeybee running around the backyard went through the clover. And alcohol baths if the fever was too stubborn to go down. Then when it didn't work, we went to the doctor. Sometimes that meant all of us got a shot. Like when my brother Tommy, this is one I remember very vividly. He was really sick. He's three years older than I am. Mom was worried, and you could tell it. It ended up that he had scarlet fever. We all had to go get shots. We didn't wear masks. We didn't stay home. He stayed in his room, but he also roomed with two other brothers. None of the rest of us got that disease. But I remember Mom was very worried and concerned. He was really, really sick. When my kids were young, we had a family doctor. If one of the boys got sick and needed, you know, the pink antibiotic medication, he would put enough refills on that bottle to accommodate the family. He saved me from getting a bunch of sick kids out of the house for a doctor's visit where I had to drive about 25 miles. We bought our own insurance, we chose our own doctors, and we determined our own treatments. We were responsible. But now it's not so much that way. 
because they wanted to introduce an affordable health care. And I remember when this stuff started hitting <laughs> way back during Hillary Clinton times with the HMOs and the PPOs. And you no more, you no longer had control of your health care. Well, today I have with me a Dr. Murray Sabrin. He's a retired professor of finance at Rampapo College and was the New Jersey Libertarian Party's nominee for governor back in 1997. And he co-founded the Sabrin Center for Free Enterprise in the Ainsfield uh, School of Business in 2007. Dr. Sabrin immigrated with his parents from West Germany to the United States back in 1949. Dr. Sabrin has completed his new book, Universal Medical Care from Conception to the End of Life, The Case for a Single-Payer System. The Case for a Single-Payer System. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say because I think a lot of it is some some of the good old common sense that we need to go back to. Uh, Dr. Sabrin, welcome to CSC Talk Radio. How are you today? Well, well it's a pleasure being with you, Beth Ann. It's um these are challenging times, to say the least, and uh, the reason I wrote this book is to educate the American people that there's a better way than Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All. It's the Sabrin <laughs> single-payer system, which is the individual and family taking care of their medical needs as opposed to the government. Amen. I'll tell you what. We have seen – I well, I shared the Beware of the Useful Idiots. It's, uh, it's uh, out of a book um, – um, uh, radicals for rules for radicals and uh, how mm-hmm. to became, how to take us into a a complete socialistic state. And number one on there is for the government to control everyone's health care. And we see that unfolding before us, and we have for for a couple of decades here. But it's really getting bad now. Well, what I do in the book is I I, I like to use language appropriately, and we uh, the government. And the insurance companies are not responsible for our health care. The person responsible for our health care, we look in the mirror every morning. We are responsible mm-hmm. for our health care. We seek medical care when we don't have optimal health care, either because uh, we don't have an over-the-counter remedy, we, our immune system is too weak to take care of us, and then we go to the doctor to get an antibiotic or some other medication because we're not feeling well. That's the primary basis for medical care in this country. It's the doctor-patient relationship which has been totally overturned by Medicare, Medicaid, third-party payers like the insurance companies attached to work. And now with COVID, the government is trying to take over medical care, lock, stock, and barrel. And this is one of the most frightening developments in my lifetime, which is pretty long right now. And I think we have to push back very hard against Joe Biden, and there's no way of sugarcoating this, Beth, and what he's, what he's created in America right now is medical fascism, where the government dictates to, pri- to private businesses that they have to mandate vaccines to their employer, employees and that uh, federal workers have to get uh, vaccinated. This is just over-the-top medical uh, overreach, and I hope the American people wake up and realize that Dr. Fauci is not our physician. Joe Biden is not our medical advisor, and that we are responsible for our medical care, and we have to take care of this on our own and use the input for our, from our doctors and other uh, medical providers and not rely on the government because we know the government has an agenda, and that agenda is to control us from lock, stock, and barrel. 
Well, it is that. And, you know, I worked in, I worked in the medical field uh, back in the days when they introduced the HMOs. That was Hillary Clinton, the HMOs and the PPOs. And I worked in a, a clinic that had 13 doctors in it in Jefferson City, Missouri. And uh, people could no longer go to the doctor they wanted to. I mean, this was older people that were coming in. They couldn't go to the doctor they wanted to. They came in there for their their blood work, and they could no longer use the lab that was in the clinic. They had to use a different lab. I mean, it total chaos, including the governor who saw one of the doctors in that clinic. He's the one who signed it all off on all the state workers. And then he walks, waltzes in there because he had no clue what he signed and he's there to get his blood work done and see his doctor. But he could no longer have his blood work done there. Well, they gave it to him, but they didn't give it to other people. They just gave it to him that one time. <laughs> but, you know, it told, it caused total chaos. And then the insurance company, they told the doctor what they could and could not do with treatments. Well, this is the sad reality of how medicine has evolved in the United States from the doctor-patient relationship from the old country doctor or the urban doctor that has come to your house if you're too sick to come to the office. Yeah. And that relationship is probably the most intimate relationship outside of a marriage or a long-term relationship because you're, you're, you're basically naked in front of a doctor <laughs> at times in order, in order to get examined to see exactly what's wrong with you. So you end up an incredible faith and trust in, in the physician to make sure that that physician is providing you with the best information you can uh, that he can in order to for you to make that good decision because doctors sometimes make mistakes and I've had personal not me personally but uh, my father nearly got uh, was killed by a doctor's misdiagnosis of his heart condition and uh, since then 30 more years ago I've become very skeptical to answer and ask questions constantly of doctors to make sure that, that what they're saying is in the best interest of my uh, health. And everyone has to do that. You have to get educated. And it's amazing how, how many Americans don't know much about their own bodies, which is, I think, a, a reflection of what they're not learning in school. You should be learning this in elementary school, junior high school. And as an undergraduate, I took a year of physiology. My wife was a bio major and a, a biology teacher. So, uh, and I ask questions of doctors because that's what you're supposed to do when you're, you're dealing with the unknown. And most medical conditions are unknown to people, and we have to have common-sense solutions, which is really what, what your show is all about. And that's what my book is about, common-sense solutions that have been proven effective for decades. And, and I want to let Bernie Sanders know so-called health care is not a right. It's not in the Bill of Rights. It's not in Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. Medical care is something we seek when we, we, we need uh, the expertise of a, a medical professional. You cannot have a right where, where someone is forced to do something for you. All the rights we have are negative. That Congress shall make no law respecting. That's right in the Bill of Rights. And so we have to have that discussion, that conversation in the United States, that medical care is not something that is the responsibility of the federal government, the state government, or the local government. It's an individual and family responsibility. And that's what I've been uh, 
talking about on, on radio shows for the past month, and I'll continue to do so because it's important that the American people wake up to what's going on, and what's going on is the takeover of one of 20% of the U.S. economy, which is how much the American people spend on medical care. It's going to be about $4 trillion this year, which is a mind-numbing number, and in my book I point out how we can get that number down by at least 50%, if not more, because we are being ripped off by the medical care system. Oh, absolutely. The insurance companies, the, the pharmaceuticals, and, you know, they, they came out with the FDA approval on the Pfizer. Well, that didn't really impress me. I've seen too many medications and things that the FDA approved, and then a few years down the road they take them back off. You know, that doesn't really impress me that much. And uh, it, I hear the... I hear the music. We're going to head into a break. You stay with us, uh, Dr. Sager. Sure. We want to talk more about this book. And we want to, when we come back, we're going to tell folks how to go get this book. And uh, I do not have it, um, but I had some excerpts from it, and I'm going to talk about that. And, uh, and what really possessed you uh, to actually write this? Because uh, mm. you and I are in, in sync with most of this, because I have said for a long time, when insurance companies saw the dollars they could make off the American people, the health care costs went up. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann and Dr. Sabrin and Beth Ann. I'll be right back. listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Dr. Sir Murray Sabrin. Sorry about that. I'm stuttering this morning. And he's written a book, Universal Medical Care from Conception to End of Life, The Case for Single-Payer System. And uh, goes back to the fundamentals of your responsibility is your, your health care is your own personal responsibility. And that starts, that starts at life, really. <laughs> you know, we have to... T- we take good care of these little babies and, and uh, you know, but I, I get concerned about, um, you know, when uh, Biden was running for president, he was, he was making the comment when he's president, he's going to cure cancer. Well, then we got COVID, cancer's on the brink. I mean, cancer's been put to the back and back burner and COVID now. We're not even talking about a cure. We're talking about a lifetime of vaccines, and that's what uh, the Pfizer's. CEO says normal life won't return without regular vaccinations. Not just today, but next year and the next year and the next year. And they're making a ton of money off of this. And I'm not necessarily anti-vaccine. I'm just saying we need to kind of, whoa, let's look at this. What do you think? well, this is this is why uh, people are upset and why so many people haven't gotten the vaccine. The fact that you need a booster shot for vaccine uh, is, is not what I understand vaccines are all about, that once you get a vaccine, you're one and done, and that's it. And okay. the Pfizer and Moderna you need two, two shots. So they, they broke it up into two uh, shots instead of uh, one. But the point is... Uh, People are hesitant because the vaccines don't work. That's what the evidence shows. Alex Burrison has been writing about this on Substack since he got knocked off of Twitter, pointing out that the uh, vaccinated can transmit this as much as the unvaccinated. In fact, right. more so because they have a high, higher viral 
lowered. So the whole notion that we need to be vaccinated to be protected is, is, is a bogus principle. And we, the first line of protection is our own well-being and our own immune system. And the evidence shows very clearly, Beth Ann, it's out there. 75% of the people who've gotten COVID have been obese. 95% of the people who've died from COVID have had comorbidities, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, hypertension. Just go down the list of all the illnesses that are out there that people have, especially among the elderly. Mm-hmm. And the elderly are vitamin D deficient, especially if they're in nursing homes. that They're not hydrated enough, so the toxins stay in their system. So all the things that we learned as youngsters, hydrate, get exercise, get sunlight, are not being practiced by a lot of Americans, especially the elderly in nursing homes. And that's why we've had so many elderly nursing homes dying from COVID. And, you know, they are the most vulnerable, and their immune systems are compromised as they age. And, and like you said, we've been pumping up on our vitamin D and uh, and the, the uh, zinc and other things that they said we mm-hmm. should have. Uh, I like to be out in the sun. You know, they tell you now not to get out in the sun. you got to wear the skin the protection. you got to do this. So I like to get out in the sun. I actually feel like I am healthier when mm-hmm. I am out in the sun. And, uh, again, that's another source of vitamin D. <laughs> Well, so, not only that, you need fresh air. What absolutely. Do the, uh, what, what, what do the um, uh, uh, medical people tell us and the uh, environmental people? That indoors is probably worse pollution than outdoors. So if we're staying indoors in the wintertime, and we just moved to Florida recently, so we have sunshine all, all year round. Uh, yeah, we, we just uh, uh, have been here since June, and I'm looking forward to the wintertime where I can walk every day with my wife and get fresh air. Because when we were living in New Jersey, the winters were miserable. You couldn't oh, yeah. go out. It was cold, and um, you're sitting home all day for the most part, breathing in or whatever is in the air at your apartment. And uh, so we made the decision to move to Florida, not only for the weather, but for the tax situation as well, because there's no state income tax here. So uh, everything is falling into place for us, for our own personal lives. But the reason I wrote this book uh, back then is initially I was going to write a book on the welfare state, how counterproductive it is, how financially unstable, uh, unsustainable it is. And then Bernie Sanders comes along in 2016 and makes great headway in the Democratic primary touting Medicare for all. And I said, I better just focus on one aspect of the welfare state, which is medical care, because we have Medicare, Medicaid, and third-party insurance, which is a, which is a form of uh, welfare, but private welfare. And, and what I did was I looked at all these programs. I said they're unsustainable. They're counterproductive. They don't provide optimal health for the American people. So what can we do using free market principles to get medicine back into the hands of the people and doctors? And that's what the book is all about. It goes into the history of the welfare state, the history of Medicare and Medicaid, and my solution to get us back to where we were prior to Medicare and Medicaid. When I was growing up in New York City in the 1950s, we had $5 office visits yeah. to see the pediatrician. We had a few dollars to get an antibiotic at the local pharmacy. No insurance forms, no, nothing like that. My father was a blue-collar worker making 3 $4 an hour. He had a major operation in 1961 at a New York City hospital. I remember that you know, 60 years ago, that didn't break the family's finances at all. Blue Cross Blue Shield paid for it, and that was it. It was pretty simple. Medicare and Medicaid has really had a huge negative impact on medical care in the United States. In fact, the greatest component of the Consumer Price Index since 1965 has been medical care, and that's no coincidence. 
And when you add on top the Federal Reserve's money printing for the last six, uh, 55 years, uh, prices have gone through the roof for a lot of things, housing and medical care and edu- mm-hmm. higher education, so on and so forth. So in 2017, I wrote a book on the Federal Reserve and why they're counterproductive. Now I wrote about medical care and why the government involvement in medical care is counterproductive. And next week I have another book coming out on how entrepreneurs can survive the boom-bust cycle. So, uh, and I'm currently writing another book on how medical insurance and the workplace can be can be uh, put together better for employers and employees as opposed to the current system that we have today. Well, you know what? We've got a lot of surviving to do because they're oh, really they're... tearing this country down. You know, I do remember when the insurances were 80-20. You bought your own insurance if you could afford it. You bought your own insurance. You paid premiums. And if you got sick or if the kids broke an arm, it was 80-20. You paid 20%, they put 80%. And, mm-hmm. and it was affordable, even if Absolutely. it was something higher than what you had coming in. We raised five sons, and so we had a few broken bones. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, then I remember when my, well, my husband actually has the check that his father wrote to the hospital when he was born, and it was, I think, $25, something like that. <laughs> yep, yep. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I uh, remember my first child was $275. My fifth child was thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's just, it's unreal. And uh, we're just not not just the doctor, but being in the hospital. And then they want to kick the women out in, you know, 24 hours. And I think they got in trouble for that because... (laughs) They were having issues. Some of the women they well, didn't realize. Let me give you let me give you two examples of how unaffordable current medical care is in the United States. I attended the Free Market Medical Association annual conference last month in uh, in Texas, where I gave a brief talk about the book, did a book signing, and uh, one of the um, attendees there is a VP of an upper Midwest uh, construction company, and he was telling me they were so fed up with the high medical uh, insurance premiums. They hired a company to bring a truck with an MRI machine to the parking lot of the company so employees could get an MRI if they needed one. The cost of the MRI was $400. That same truck, this gentleman told me, went down the street to the local hospital, and local hospital charged $6,000 for the same MRI. My head exploded when I heard that because why should should something cost $6,000 when it could be done by a direct uh, uh, buyer and seller for four hundred dollars. I mean, this, this is o- this is over the top, uh, a ripping off of the American people. And there's a, there's a, uh, a surgical group in in Oklahoma, and yes, they they Oklahoma. bid for the jobs. Yeah, yeah they bid yeah. for the jobs, and uh, they don't take insurance. <laughs> you know, so well, that's the, that's that's the next vignette I have, uh, Beth Ann. I interviewed a doctor who does direct primary care, where you pay a monthly fee and you get the, your, your medical care virtually 24-7 if you need it. And she had a patient with no insurance. He needed an operation. The local hospital quoted him $20,000. She got him to contact the surgery center of Oklahoma. The whole thing, including transportation from Florida to Oklahoma uh, and, and uh, all the other things involved, $5,000, which he gladly played out of pocket instead of $20,000 at the local hospital. It's yeah, been a long uh, time since I had one of those on the air, but they are good people. We're headed into a break. Can you stay with us? We'll finish out the sure. show together. All right, thank you. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. I promise we will tell you where to get his book when we come back.
would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling one 800 978 6168 and use the promo code Bethann to get 30% off plus free shipping. Hear ye, hear ye. Now is the time for all good Americans to come to the aid of their country. For the past several months, I've been sharing with you a newsletter, Voice of the Patriot. Like Thomas Paine's Common Sense, circulate and share these newsletters with freedom-loving Americans, friends, neighbors, family. Beginning with Voice of the Patriot newsletter number six, Start sharing with your elected officials. We must take steps to restore our republic. As nightfall does not come at once, neither does oppression. In both instances, there's a twilight where everything remains seemingly unchanged. And it is in such twilight that we must be aware of change in the air, however slight, lest we become unwitting victims of the darkness, tyranny. We're burning daylight, America. Tomorrow might be too late. Request your copy of Voice of the Patriot today. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope to CSE Talk Radio, Post Office Box 73, California, Missouri, 65018. Subpar immune system throughout the world is probably the reason COVID-19 secured such a foothold on the population. Strong immune systems help prevent sickness. If you have a weak immune system you might consider using a product called Immuno 150. It was formulated to strengthen immune systems. Immuno 150 contains 70 plant-derived minerals and 80 other nutrients. Go to your computer and visit Immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. If you don't have a computer, call 888-316-2224 for mailed information. Prepare to be surprised because 
Amino 150 is effective and produces results. I urge you to try Amino 150 if you want to improve your immune system. For more information, visit the website Immuno150.com or call 888-316-2224. And we have returned. We're in the final segment of today's show. Dr. Saber, tell everyone how to get your book and give the title again, if you would, please. We, we keep talking all around it. Let's get that done. Universal Medical Care from Conception to End of Life, the case for single-payer system. The single-payer system, of course, being the individual free market approach to medical care, and it's available on Amazon and Kindle and paperback. And the wonderful thing about uh, this book, is that uh, all the royalties will be going to uh, support free market medical uh, institutions and organizations and uh, non-profit medical centers that I've been supporting for the past uh, several years. We need so, more uh, of those around the country. We really do. Uh, oh, ab- oh, absolutely. In fact, um, if people go to Mises.org, uh, I just did a podcast with uh, Hunter Hastings uh, called Economics for Entrepreneurs, and you can listen to the podcast there. And there's a good summary of the book uh, on that page. And uh, Hunter did a wonderful job of summarizing all the points of my book with links to direct primary care, links to the book, and um, links to other websites. So um, I'm out there doing what I think I can do best, which is educate people and hopefully convince them that what we have today is unsustainable, that we need to go back what's worked tried and true throughout American history, the doctor-patient relationship, we need to get government out of medical care completely, lock, stock, and barrel, and allow doctors and patients to decide what's the best course of treatment because uh, the notion of public health is another collectivist idea that somehow there's a public health. No, health is an individual concept. If there are two people in society and one's sick and one's healthy, what's the public health of that society? I mean, so if you're healthy you're in good shape that you can lead your life and not worry about taking medication and so on and so forth. And one thing I observed as a, as a son of Holocaust survivors in the last years of my parents' life, one of their cabinets in their kitchen was full of medication. I mean, it looked like a mini pharmacy. And that's when I wish I had gone to medical school instead of graduate school because I don't know what all the interactions were that they were taking. Unfortunately, they were able to live to their late 80s, which is remarkable given the uh, suffering they had during World War II, and and they didn't really take care of themselves as they could have. Um, So learning from them and learning about um, vitamins and supplements and good eating habits and exercise, um, you know, knock on wood, as they say, uh, uh, my wife and I are in pretty good shape for being in the mid-70s. That's awesome. Well, I'm not telling my age, but I'm not any spring chicken anymore. <laughs> my my listeners know. They know. I think they've been listening to me a long time. You know, we're here, Dr. Sabrin, because of people like you. Um, not, I'm not saying that he's supporting the show. I'm saying because of the message that he has. You you can give it on these little shows like mine and, and uh, Hunter Page. I don't know how small he is. I hadn't heard of him before. So, but you know the mainstream and the big networks, they're supported by pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and insurance companies. There's a, there's a supplement commercial out. And I'm not going to give the supplement because um, we're selling a different supplement here on my show. 
But the guy talks about, he goes to the doctor, he has some kind of a rare skin condition or something, and the doctor's recommending this medication that costs $4,000 a month. Oh, my goodness. And once he starts it, he said he could never stop it. Well, then he started taking, you know, the supplement, and it increased his immune system. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, and that's what we... uh, believe that the one that we're advertising does. It increases your immune system. It boosts you up. You know, mom used to give us vitamins as kids. Her and dad went on a kick, and we had to take these multiple vitamins, and they weren't the chewables either. And we had to take these multiple vitamins every morning. And we weren't sick very often. Once in a while, we got sick. My kids, they weren't sick very often. And, uh, you know, it's taking care of yourself, personal responsibility, getting the exercise. I don't get the exercise I should. Uh, watching our weight and just plain old taking care of ourselves is one of the best things you can do. That doesn't mean that things won't happen. But then when okay. they do, you're in a good health to fight it. Well, the, the other thing I talk about in the book, which is a, extremely important for the American people to embrace, and that is financial independence. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember growing up as a kid, my father went to work, and then he uh, worked in a sheet metal shop, and then on the weekends he would drive a cab. I mean, he worked a lot of hours, and then he eventually got his own cab and did that for 20 years. But I saw him as as, as someone who cared about his family and didn't expect any handout from anybody to provide for his family. And so we need to embrace that concept of financial independence. Unfortunately, what we're seeing today is more and more financial dependence with all the spending that's going on in Congress. I mean, they want to expand Medicare. They want to expand oh, pre-K okay. and, and, and basically tell parents, you're not responsible for your children's upbringing. We're going to take care of them. And, you know, this is, the, this is the heart of Marxism, by the way. This is what Marx Absolutely. proposed in the, in the Communist Manifesto, that the family – uh, uh, that the parents not be responsible for their children, but the state raises their children. And, that, and that's what we're seeing in public education, which uh, is another whole topic. But uh, You need to write a book about that, too, Dr. <laughs> well, education, uh, having been in, in uh, starting my uh, career in New York City public schools, my wife spent um, her whole career in New York City public schools and 35 years in the college classroom, I can tell you we need major changes in education today because uh, what we're seeing today is propaganda in the classroom in many disciplines, and we need to stop that and have teachers go back uh, and professors go back to teaching as opposed to using the classroom as a soapbox. And as a professor of finance, it's a very technical subject. You learn about corporate finance. You learn about securities investments. And one of the courses I developed in my last few years of teaching, which I would love to do again, is financial history of the United States, where you really drill down and see exactly how the deep state operated back at the beginning of the republic and how it's operating today and why the Federal Reserve is an enemy of the people by giving us this massive inf- oh. money infusion, which is... Let's the, do a show on that. Let's, oh, absolutely. let's have you back and do a show on that as well. Because, you know, they've... I'm going to run out of time here today. There's so much out there. And Congress is doing so much against us that parents, you know, your mother probably stayed home with you guys. Your dad worked two jobs and your mom stayed home. My dad worked two jobs. He worked in a factory, Owens Corning Fiberglass, and then he tuned pianos. He went to school to learn how to tune pianos. And when he had a day off or, or an afternoon, he tuned pianos. 
he was working all the time. I never thought, well, my dad doesn't love me because he's not here. I thought, my dad's providing. <laughs> this is what he does. And Mama Absolutely. was home. And, yep. you know, and I was for the most of the time with my kids, but then it got to be where one income couldn't do it. And that yep. is by design to keep the parents away from the kids. And uh, it's we need to do a whole show on that. Well, uh, my book is coming out next week, and it talks about uh, the title of the book is Navigating the Boom-Bust Cycle, an Entrepreneur Survival Guide. It's basically uh, a handbook on how to survive the the ups and downs of the economy, and we're going to have another big downturn because we're in what I call Everything Bubble 2.0. And we can discuss that on the next show. But absolutely, um, absolutely. Let me give you let me give you my office number here before we go off the air. It's five seven three. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Let me just write this down. Five seven three. I got you. I think I have five seven three eight seven nine six. Two one six six. Give me a call, or we can call. We've got your number, doggone it. We got your number. Thank you so much for all that you're doing, folks. Universal medical care for from conception to end of life, the case for single-payer system, which means you. And personal responsibility, Dr. Sager, is how we bring America home. God bless you. Can a nation conceived in liberty... Carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens. Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans, who are they? Democrats, who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly But I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.